1: Uh <laughs>
0: Welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar. I'm here to preview this weekend's game and to help me with that is uh, our recent addition to the team and uh, the Alfredo Morelos of the new signings. It's Andy McGowan. Hi Andy.
1: Hi David, thanks
0: for asking me back oh, no, The punters seem to like you and uh, it seems that we're moving out of the era of you know the kind of Scott-led homosexual banter and more into actual football talk and I didn't know if the audience were ready for it but apparently eight years in uh, they've, they've decided to go for it although we will have Scott back on occasion to, to, to get the kind of flirting um, qualities of the show back up, but first things first, Andy. I want to talk about before we we crack into the events of this week. Um, myself and Alex and uh, and Cami covered the game on uh, Saturday. We covered it in this week's Flagship Pod, which people can still go and check out. But uh, I couldn't go because I was moving house. Uh, terribly unstaunched but just was was impossible for me to get. And I was gutted because I really wanted to go. The opportunity doesn't come up to see Rangers in a brand new stadium in Scotland that often, you know, that, that's travelable what were your experiences first of all what was it like just to go as a game and then you know in comparison to say Tyne Castle? I, I
1: thought I thoroughly really enjoyed it I really enjoyed it and I, I've been talking to people all week about it because obviously in the background there's been a bit of a chat about Hamden's contract coming to an end with STFA and the potential that it could be Murrayfield as an alternative so the first thing I would say is I helped run a supporters club and the demand for tickets was just absolutely incredible. I had uh, the, the biggest, busiest bus I've had um, ever with a supporters club we we been going for 10 years and we get rid of something like 35 tickets absolutely no problem on top of every single away member getting a ticket so the demand for something new is, is clear and uh, there was a wee bit of I wouldn't say a cup final atmosphere, but there was a there was a definite atmosphere outside the ground. The bears were in good good fettle. Uh, there may have been a few drinks being taken that helped, but um, there was just something different about it. There was just something different about going to Murrayfield, going to a different stadium, uh, and it also being—I don't know how many fans' hearts had—but it felt like we had <laughs> taken over the stadium. It
0: was incredible. Uh, they, over 14,000 for a league game for a club that have been so bad that they had to sack their manager and uh, I know a few people had said we didn't really mention it in the pod the other night and, and they were right, it was something we'd meant to get into but the pod overran, as as people will know it went in about 80 minutes but that's unbelievable I mean, it's just genuinely unbelievable
1: But there's Self praise is no praise, and I know that, right? But nobody else is going to praise his enemy, anyway, so we might as well. What? what the Rangers fans have done? No I don't subscribe, Saturday,
0: Andy, but... to self praise being no praise, mate. That's 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 the kind of <laughs> cornerstone of my existence.
1: Exactly. But, <laughs> but uh, what, what the Rangers fans have done? Not just on Saturday, uh, on Saturday, but for, ever since we get hit with this loving nightmare that we've been we've had for six years. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible because. It doesn't matter how bad our team is. It doesn't matter what's going on off the park. It doesn't matter uh, what people are saying about us or what they want to say about us or what they want to paint us as. The fans just keep coming and it seems to be getting stronger and stronger. And uh, I think certainly can epitomise that because you had fans there. I had a lot of people on my bus that hadn't been for a wee while, to be honest, but they felt the need to come back and support the club. And uh, I just thought it was great. Great atmosphere, 90 minutes of singing. Uh, Ninety minutes, a good humour. Uh, the hit, the result obviously helps. But well, the, even when we went a goal down, the fans were fantastic. Well, and were the sidelines and stuff,
0: stuff. Good. I mean, c- could you see? Okay, because that's obviously the concern about a stadium well, that's not a football stadium. Although obviously it's rugby, you know. I, I would imagine it's similar.
1: The practicalities of the stadium, for me, were better than Hamden. In every sense I everything, mean, the catering, the toilets, the entrance. The exit, the parking, the view, uh, the fabric of stadium, everything about it was better than Hamden. Wow. I've got to say that. That's my opinion.
0: Well, I mean that, that. I don't particularly like Hamden for all the reasons that you've just mentioned. It's it's a pain in the ass to get to. Parking's impossible, and uh, it, it's just a weird stadium. The atmosphere goes out of it. Uh, it, as it does at gigs. Actually, it's it's a bad stadium for sound, but. In terms of football, the, the the atmosphere sort of drains out of it quite easily. A lot of the, the places that you can be sat in are dreadful, really, unless, you know, if you want to see the game, unless you're kind of up and side onto uh-huh. the pitch, you can forget about seeing large parts of it and you if if Murrayfield is an option and you know the the bears have spoken to in yourself given it's such ringing endorsements then it's and maybe it'd be nice for us to have that you know travelling to a cup final because it's something obviously being a glasgow team that we've never mm-hmm. really experienced then maybe uh, i don't know if it would have the kind of effect that card have had uh, yep. On England, where it was that new thing. And I know that, that people down south who travelled there for, for semi finals and, and cup finals speak very highly of the, the whole experience of it, that it, it sort of felt more like a cup final.
1: Yeah. I don't know the logistics of parking for if there was an Old firm final, for example, if you could get buses at one side and, and, and Rangers buses at other. But it can't be any worse than, than Glasgow, because yeah. <laughs> you've got everybody converging on in Mount Florida. By whatever means necessary. So, I, I think um, if the opportunity came up that cup finals or domestic finals were held at Murrayfield, I, I would be all for it. You know, there's mm-hmm. always the possibility that, that we're getting set up here for a, a Celtic Park uh, first cup finals. That's that's always something that's in the back it's of my mind been as the well. Aye. No, I, th- I thought it was fantastic. I've, I've got to say the only other frame of reference I've got from Murrayfield was where I went to see Madonna. So it was a wee bit different for that. I can, uh, I, I can imagine, well.
0: you know, and I'm sure there'll be people at home right now sitting, thinking, "David, you're going to take me to ask for from M- Madonna." But no, I'm not Queen of Pop. Um, <laughs> n- nobody, nobody better at what she does than her. And uh, and like a prayer, still remains one of the best best number ones of the last fifty years. So uh, y- <laughs> y- you get away with that one. Um, Right, well moving on, the the, the main story uh, dominating our week, there there were a few and we'll, we'll touch on them because they do all feed into the game. Um, the main story this week continues to be Rangers' search for a manager and uh, a few names bandied about. I think now it's becoming apparent and uh, apologies to those who I, I made on a video blog after the Hearts game, I made a kind of throwaway remark about some of the names that I'd heard being a little bit left field. Now, um, to explain to people it's not I know something you don't know and I'm not telling you just, I'm not interested in that at all I have a platform to, to kind of stroke my ego it's it's not that it's basically I don't want to throw names out there to add to speculation if they're not you know they may not be true so it's names that I'd heard from decent sources but, but you never know but I think it's becoming clear that the names in the frame Derek McInnes remains a favourite Alex Neal is is being considered. Steve McLaren is being considered. Alan Pardew is being considered. David Moyes uh, is is being considered. And uh, I think that those names uh, are the ones that are most likely, at this point, as we record, that it will be one of those five. Now, a legitimate question that has been asked, and I think it's a good one, is that if it was Derek McInnes then why hasn't it been done by now? My belief, uh, my understanding of it, uh, however you want to put it, but certainly what what I've taken at the moment, is that McInnes remains the favourite. And if you were going to put money on somebody, it would probably be him. However, the both have been pleasantly surprised at the standard of the applicants that they've had. And... That The the people on that list, obviously McInnes hasn't, but the other four have applied in one form or another, have let Rangers know that they are interested in the position. And I think that with McInnes, they kind of feel the way the majority of the support feel, Andy, which is he'll do a good job. You know, he's not exciting, but I'm sure he won't, you know, he certainly won't leave the club in a disastrous state. And it's maybe not the kind of, Falling in love, desperate, you know, I must have you now thing, and I do think that some of those names that we mentioned have got their supporters. I believe Mark Allen's a big, uh, a big advocate of Steve McLaren, and I, I think there are one or two in the board would be very interested in, in speaking to David Moyes. Reports that the interviews will be held in London, as they were the last time, um, probably for anonymity, which again indicates that you. Derek McInnes may may not ha- be as locked in as he appeared a few days ago. Um, well, a lot of information I've just chucked at you there, Andy, but you know, what are your thoughts about where we are currently with uh, our managerial search? The
1: first thing I think is there's no need to panic. Right? Uh, I think it's very, very easy as football supporters to kind of say, right, what's happening? Why are we not doing something? Why are we hearing nothing? I, I think the board have got to do what they're doing, and, and to be honest, to do what they did with Kishina, right, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of jump back a wee bit, David, and say that the board are getting flack for the appointment of Cushinia, and I'm not of that opinion. I think that uh, we've been, we've been crying, about, crying out for something different in, in terms of management and football structure and football style for years and years and years, all through Walter's years of success, as they were, we always had this kind of yearning to have something different, something better. And I think that's my natural as a football supporter. But they did their due diligence in Cusinha. And it's easy to say now, why well, he had a poor CV. The guy did, not have a poor CV. The guy had a really good uh, experience in Mexico, which, although we don't get much Mexican football over here, it was a real achievement for what he did. And you can say that he finished sixth and won it through the kind of playoff system. That's still a victory. And we heard when he was here that he didn't win big games. We win big games over there in a good league and a football mad country. So the problem you've got is there are no guarantees as we've just found out. So with this new appointment, I think what they're doing is the right thing because if you go to McInnes and say you're the one for us, Derek, and really you have no other options, first of all, it's no very good poker playing because what you've done is you've went and put everything in one basket and he holds all the cards after that because yeah, correct. what if he says no what if he asks for too much money what if he wants smear for a budget of players
0: I would say that one yeah, of the so, things that's maybe going against not against at the moment but a factor in the decision making process that colours it is I think it would very much stick in the craw of those who sign the cheques at Ibrox to write a cheque yeah. for I believe that the the yeah. conversation would be around about 800 grand
1: yeah I can quite understand that I really can't and this is the other thing about the board. The board are the ones that are uh, carrying the chitty for us. They're, they're the ones that are paying the money. It's with their own with their own family's money. So I think they're well within their rights to kind of put, their, put their, their neb in and say, right, well, let's actually have a bigger say. And I think that's why uh, Dave King's been over. But really, uh, you've got to look at it as a known football perspective. If you were going for a manager of any company or whatever, you're going to have a, a, a list of candidates. You're going to hear them out. When you we going to look at the pros and cons of each I, th- I said the last time I was on the pod That um, I thought we had a big problem If Kishina went In terms of who the next appointment was And I think it's kind of borne out here we're looking at A Claren. I wouldn't have seen him coming Pardew, not so sure I would have seen him coming either Alex Neil Always thought he was a It was, it was a Celtic supporter to be honest No he is David Moyes. He is, he is, he is isn't it? A... Right well I and Moyes and him, then call me old fashioned. I would generally put a line through the two of them straight away, right? Because I know we can talk up Kenny Miller. who played for Celtic, but Celtic's a born Celtic manager. A manager that played for Celtic. That's that's it's a departure, whatever way you look at it.
0: It's a point. So, I, I I need to do the point counterpoint with you here. Um... Because there will be listeners saying, "Well, David, you know you need you need to challenge him with that." Even though I may have sy- uh, sympathies, shall we say, with your point of view, uh, I do think that it, that would be an odd one. I really do. Um, a lifelong Celtic supporter like Alex Neil, you could argue, and I have done before, that maybe it's overdone in terms of of players that when they become footballers, they become fans of themselves, and especially when they become managers, and, and that that's what they care about in terms of their career. And that might be, be something to consider. But I, I can absolutely understand that. I really can. and uh, But then I also understand why it maybe wouldn't bother other people. And I think that certainly those who would espouse Moyes, for example, would point to Kenny Miller and say, well, yes, but... Um, Alex Neil he really does look like a Celtic supporter, though, doesn't he? <laughs> and it would be hard to, you know, you'd look at the, you know, you'd see him in a Rangers tracksuit, and he kind of would have looked like he'd stole it. So th- there is that that has to be considered. But but all joking aside, the the one thing that jumps out at me, Andy, about the names is that all of them are British, and I know that obviously yes. Michelle Prudhomme yeah. was was a name that was being mentioned. Yeah. I I am while at the moment I wouldn't with much confidence put money as I say I'd still lean towards McInnes getting it, but I wouldn't put a lot of money on it. Uh I would be really confident at the moment that unless someone and they may, someone may, you know, make their name known tomorrow but unless someone truly incredible, you know, was to rear their head, I'm pretty sure the board are going to go for shall we say British, you know, not necessarily Scottish, yeah. but certainly someone from the UK.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I think we discussed that last time, and I think it was a more or less a prerequisite because the the, the, the risks have got to be minimised. And if you're doing that, one of the first things you would look at is right. What is this manager's footballing background? Um, and I, I agree. with you. I, I do think McInnes is the most likely. I've, I've got to say I've kind of warmed to it. It wasn't my idea, a, a, a kind of progressive appointment. But looking at things and around. He knows the game in Scotland, he knows the players in Scotland, uh, he would probably have the, the shortest um, settling period, if you like, out of the, the five names we just mentioned there, and he uh, certainly would have the club at heart, which I think is a help, right, so we're talking about Neil Moiser, if you've got Derek McInnes, I think there would be more goodwill, um if things don't go quite to plan, as can happen, that's a very good sort point. Of like boys.
0: No matter what anybody says, if things don't go well under Alex Neil, it will be brought up, and of course it will. Probably on here, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, it is something that, that is a factor needs to and needs to be considered. And again, some people, you know, I know. Hello to all our Celtic listen also listeners. Oh, bigotry! It's not bigotry. It's in the same way that Liverpool fans wouldn't want to like. They wouldn't want Gary Neville yeah, being appointed as their manager. And I think that it's you know Lazio fans will not welcome Francesco Totti with open arms. It just the it's football rivalry. It's tribal, and it's it's okay. It there's not there doesn't have to be a nasty element to it. It's just how people feel. The the one thing that I I do want to discuss with you is I was a little surprised, if you like, by the board's surprise at the types of names yeah. that were coming at them, and it's are they underrating us? And if so, is that stopping them going out and approaching someone who... Now, I'm not saying you should get the job, I'm just saying someone of the, the stature of currently, say, Ronald Koeman. Because no. Probably. Probably. they may feel, you, oh, no, we are, you know, we've had this last few years and we need to, you know, McInnes-level manager. Um, that, that worries me a wee bit because I would like them to remember how big a club we are. I, I wonder if it's the... Listening to you know the the kind of the chatter that goes on around the club in Scotland, where of course you know people who don't like us will do us down at every turn and try and make out that you know we're much much less significant than we are. But there was a reason Rangers' defeat to a team from Luxembourg was carried all over, uh, was carried all over Europe, and it's because of who we are. Our name means something, and if it's holding them back from going out and. The fact that they're impressed by guys who, yes, have big reputations and have managed at big clubs, but are all on the, if you like, the rebuilding process of their CVs, mm-hmm. that would worry me because I would want them to set the bar very high and, if you like, fall short of maybe, mm-hmm. you know, something that's a bit over ambitious. Because if you do that, if you set your ambitions really high and you don't quite match them, you're still way ahead of what was, if you like, the break-even point. Whereas I think if you set your ambitions low, then you're limiting you're limiting the yeah. search.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the, the club's a point where it actually has to get back to saying we are expecting to win things. We are expecting the chance for the title. I think the kind t- of tempering our expectations have passed now. I don't think it's healthy to continue it, so you're absolutely right there. Um, in terms of what you're saying about draws for managers, David, I think there's two contexts. There's a football context and there's a financial context. So, football context, we are still a massive uh, name, a massive club, a huge attraction to any professional player or manager. Uh, and I think that's fairly perpetual. That'll keep going as long as we are attending and, and, and maintaining the club. But in the financial context, the ground has moved so far under our feet; it's it's uh, hard to comprehend. So if you do go for a cumin, realistically, you're looking at a guy that was at a club that spent a hundred million in the summer, and it might be sent to the board, and the board saying, "Right, here's your budget for the year, and it might not be ten million quid for players, and it might not be even." 15, 20 million a year on your first team wages. True, but the challenge—the
0: huge... challenge has changed. So, I mean, it was the same with Rodgers coming from you know, Celtic aye. to Liverpool. It's the challenge has changed. Yes, you're not getting the money that you had, but nor does anyone else in the league have. You know the the kind of money that you had. The the only kind of financial concern to me would be the wages because I know that again, just speaking, someone like Kooman. Was I believe in the top ten highest paid coaches in Europe, um, uh, which you know is staggering to me, but it shows you the level the Premier are playing at. So we're not going to be able to get close to that, but you're still getting a good wage. And uh, and I think that these guys, you know, obviously wouldn't be wouldn't be putting their names into the into the ring if that wasn't the case. So you'll still be well paid. But I do think a lot of managers, particularly from down south, will look at what has happened to Roger's reputation because remember he was a joke when he arrived here, yep. people, people can forget that that when he arrived he was a joke figure, deluded Brendan on Twitter etc, he was the a punchline and that was why he considered Scotland and he's rebuilt his reputation and I suppose the parallel to that would be someone like Moyes uh, who on paper, if you take away the Celtic connection, does have you know probably the biggest CV but balancing that is the fact that the last four years of it have been nothing but but bad. And you can maybe say, Well Sunderland is a bit of a, a a club that's in a huge tailspin. I don't know if anyone could do a better job there or could could even do a good job there at the moment. They look as though they're going for a double relegation. Um so I see a dad again you can explain away United, you can say, Well, that was a he was on a height of nothing, nobody wanted, you know, th- it's taken really a few years, a lot of money in Mourinho to get them back. But, but it's still really been four years of him getting, if you like, his balls booted and his confidence sapped. And Rangers is, while I understand the attraction to them that Rangers is a a fabulous place to rebuild your reputation, if you win a title with Rangers, you know, the first title since we came back up, you will have legendary status at a club and it's a story that you can tell and, you know, you, you will relaunch your managerial career. I don't know if Rangers is a place to rediscover confidence. I think you have to start with a hell mm-hmm. of a lot of it because you are going to get knocked. You know, you that you just on a week to week basis, you will take knocks. And unless some if someone is coming in who's maybe recovering from a hard experience, we might not be the best place for that. No. But the, the, I, I get it
1: entirely what you're saying. The difference between Rodgers and somebody taking the Rangers job is that Rogers would have known coming up here the chances of him failing were very, very slim yeah, indeed. Whereas the chances of something come up here and either diminishing their reputation or getting a real tough time, uh, it could happen. Uh, so, no, listen, the, the managers we've got there, I, I would like to think, and I'm, maybe I'm being over-romantic here, I would like to have a, a manager that comes in and creates their own legend, which I would use my cliche, right? I always said history would be kind to Alex McLeish, 'Cause when you look back at what he achieved, he done really well for us, right? I can forget the last season, but he done really well for us. But when he came to Rangers, it was a bit of a left field kinda of appointment because he was up in coming, he was showing promise, advocates seen something in him. Um and there are parallels to McInnes. There are parallels there. And I know it's very hard to compare and, and kinda of transpose one manager and another and what your hopes and aspirations for them are. But McLaren, as you say, In the way, his best years are behind him, you would think. Pardew, maybe not so much. I think he'd probably be a a decent candidate. Alex Sneal has had good times and bad equally. And Moyes, as you say, he's a, I don't know, as you say, a rebuilding confidence, isn't he? We need need somebody that can come in and pose himself straight away. So uh, I, I I would st- I actually would like to see McInnes new and that's a big shift in my opinion for even two weeks ago.
0: Mm. No, I, I don't want to have anyone under the impression that I'm saying it will be one of those five. Uh, it's just at the moment, at time of recording, that's what I think most people uh, and what the board are letting be known, incidentally. I'm not going to say that. I've got some you know deep throat in there. It's, that's the, the noises that are coming out of the board at the moment. But people are still applying. You know, people are still throwing their hat in the ring and it, it could continue.
1: There's two things, David, that I, I've had in my mind about this. The first one is that after Niederkorn, if they were only looking about and saying we need to get a contingency in place here for Pedro Cassini, Agreed. They need their boss booted, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, as, as, a, as a board, one of them should have had that thought and said to the rest of them, listen, we need to make sure we've got something not lined up, right? But sounded out, at least. Yeah, you get costly. the feelers out. Absolutely, right?
0: aye. Totally, totally
1: agree. Aye. So so um, that's one thing. Another thing is I'm surprised that Stuart McCall's name's not been there, right? So the reason that I like Stuart McCall is because... Uh, I, I will say it was my...
0: floated by, I think it was the Daily Mail. Um, aye, so, so it
1: was, right. It was aye. slightly it, floated. Uh, what he did with Motherwell is probably greater than what McKinney's done with Aberdeen. I thought his job that he, he did at Mudderville was absolutely uh, beyond reproach um, and I think he's a sound steady manager a good man manager he's young enough um, to still be in touch with the realities of modern football so I'm surprised that he's I know he was an in the but I'm surprised he's not been quoted more um, bigger
0: I think the argument against him would be, one, he had a spell there and he did all right. And you have to go with the same argument that we gave Pedro with Warburton's players, you know, that there wasn't a lot yeah. that he could do in it. And I would say the same, um, because not only did they inherit a poor squad, it was a poor and unfit squad, um, which Stuart yeah. McCall, if, if anyone's seen him at a speaker's night sense. Stuart McCall will, will tell you, you know, the, the, the players, I remember him calling there. trust to at the time. And then someone said, "When did you realise how hard a job it would be?" And he said, "The first training session when they were blowing out their arse after twenty minutes." So that's something you know I've I've seen him say. And the argument against that I think would be, well, the board had him before and decided he wasn't the right man. So probably yeah, what has changed? And you you're right about the Motherwell thing, but there's nothing in his CV since that time that I would say it w- would influence me to go back and look over his CV again. Uh, I-, I would tend to think that he would need to have achieved a bit more in that time. Difficult job that he has uh, at-, at the moment. I think that... I get where you're coming from. McCall would be somebody I would consider, certainly for the coaching staff. He's that kind of level, but I-, I just don't know. Uh, it- I think that if you're going to go that route, you're probably better off going with McInnes. But I think it's interesting that... Pretty much everyone I speak to, as I see the feeling about McInnes is, aye, he'd do all right. You know, I'm sure he's, he's he's okay, and you know, he's done a good job at Aberdeen. And nobody thinks that he would leave us in a disastrous position. I think that, but then I don't know anyone who's, oh man, I You know, I cannot wait. We we've got to get him. Let's get this tied up. Um, it, it's kind of a strange one that way. That usually you get. Derek McInnes doesn't seem to offend anyone. You know, nobody is actively saying, "I desperately well, very few people, I desperately don't want him." But equally, I don't think he has a lot of cheerleaders either who are going, "We must have him." It's a it's a strange situation.
1: I think we're probably grossly underestimating the guy to be quite honest with you. Because if you if you step out of the kind of football uh, measurements what he would bring if he came to Rangers is he's got a wee bit of steeliness about him and we talked at length about Kishina's, uh troubles with the press and, and this kind of notion that some managers can control the press some managers just will never get a fair break from him McLeish, eh, McLeish McInnes has got um, a good sense of where the Scottish press are and I think the Scottish press are, know that they, they wouldn't mess, mess with him and I think if he came to Rangers that would help the club and the football structure as well because I don't think we would have the same kind of nonsense spouted about uh, Derek McInnes that we had for, about Cousine this kind of all out it's kind of ridiculous and, and, and a wee bit of a witch hunt had if no, you're being honest yeah. I don't think McInnes would, uh, would have to endure that just because of personal relationships and he's He's standing in the game
0: already. I think in terms of that the of the names mentioned again, I don't think you would get it with Moyes particularly because of the type of person he has. Alex Neil, the same. Uh, I don't think they would get it. Pardew, I think we all know, would at one point, you know, try and have it off with a waitress at the Alia casino one night <laughs> and end up on the front page of the Sunday like that. Night. I know, I know, I'm just, and he's a single guy, he's entitled to do so, but I think you know that that would happen with him. I mean, he was brilliantly described by uh, uh, my friend Michael, he's brilliantly described as a a, a walking character from a 70s sitcom, and there there is that element to him. McLaren has been bullied by the press before, several times. It happened to him at Newcastle, it happened to him at England, it happened to him at Derby. To me, McLaren is, if you like, a he's a a coach you know I, I've never really got the impression he's a manager he's a, he's a coach and I think that it strikes me as a bit of a puffed up cruiserweight going in and trying to fight a heavyweight with McLaren, plus on top of that, he's got that stupid hair island. You know that bit where he's got—he's <laughs> clearly bald, and he's got a huge bald streak across the centre. He said, "I'm bald. I shaved my head. Right, just do it, Steve. Do that, and and you can have a shot at it. Um, but otherwise, no. The, and we were talking earlier about a litany of failure. His has gone on a long time, really. Now, since uh, since he won the Dutch title, has has been nothing but failure. Um I, I, I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, I mean tick time will tell, as I say, it could all change tomorrow, it could all change by the time this comes out. So we'll move on to Saturday's match. Now, the other main topic of this week was Ryan Jack's red card being overturned, where we have the ridiculous situation where Ryan Jack has been sent off three times this season and two have been overturned. Now again, you do have to wonder what the noises would have been like in Scottish football had that been a Celtic player. Um, this is ridiculous I, And I can't believe the club are just saying Right, okay, fair enough Because these were huge points-dropping decisions
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you're, you're exactly, you took the words out of my mouth They, they may have given us the, the rescinded red card for both But we're not going to get the five points back mm. And uh, it opens up the wider creation that um, the Rangers can have finally assaulted last week with this um, uh, compliance officer situation that it seems to be sporadic Uh, uh, it just depends who sees what and what is topical there doesn't seem to be any kind of design or rationality how they actually look at this Mm -hmm. because is anybody speaking to Kirk Broadfoot David I don't know if I'm sorry well apparently because
0: he got a yellow card so he's
1: he's scot-free
0: well apparently because he got a yellow card
1: Right, so there's there's a first flaw in the system that if you've got if you've been given a yellow, you've you, it can't be reviewed. What a joke, right? The guy was rolling about as if he'd been oh, was in by a yeah. shot.
0: It's funny because like, here was a guy who had built up in five years a good reputation among Rangers fans. Certainly for a player of his ability, had built up a decent. And you know what we're like with ex players. You know he he would have mm-hmm. found. And yet he blew it in two minutes Five years to build that up in, in two minutes To completely obliterate it Because that's now what Kurt Broadfoot will be remembered for at Ibrox
1: And maybe maybe there's a wee lesson for us both We're talking about Neil, Alex Neil and, and David Moyes And their, their allegiances or whatever His allegiances as a professional went out of the window in a blink of an eye So maybe yeah, we look a too point. much into professional players and managers' allegiances
0: That's a good point um, I just think but we've yeah. got to come out against this, Andy. We, we have to because we've had a guy sent off three times. One of which nobody complained about because it was his fault. He did it. it was two yellow cards. You didn't hear a peep from Rangers. But to be sent off twice and to and you also think that we always hear about players' reputations getting in front. You would think that a referee might now think with Ryan Jack. Hey, wait a minute here. You know, but he, huh? and keep the card in the pocket. But we all know it's not likely to happen.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think the circumstances of the of Red Card were, were exceptionally unique because of the, the fourth assistant on the park, right? He wasn't just talking in his earphone, he was on the park, trying to get his attention mm. for whatever it was, and uh, there, there, there has to be a full and comprehensive review of what they're doing as compliance officer because... Okay, there's a, there's an argument that they could say right. Well, see by having a compliance officer, we can right wrongs, which they've done here, right, to a degree. But at the same at the same time, it's an admittance that your referees are getting it wrong. Well, that's quite the key often, point. <laughs> right? there,
0: there doesn't seem to be any and, comeback and apart for exactly. certainly will recompense the Rangers in the oh, yeah, well, you've got the player back after, as as we say, it cost us points, and then the referee gets demoted for a week. Well, again, that's yeah. no use to us because it's not affecting any change. And, no. you know, clearly it, is, it needs a referee and supervisor to take them a single, I don't know what it is with Rangers. I don't know if you're scaled. I don't know if it's the media pressure. I don't know if it's personal things with some of you. I'm looking at you, John Beaton. But you can't keep doing this. You can't keep... Always erring on the side of I'll go against them because it's constant and clearly you're not making the same decisions during a Rangers match as you make in other matches, or or if yeah, they are, yeah. then Jesus, the the problem's even bigger than we thought.
1: Yeah, I'm no one for conspiracy theories. I've I've, I've never really been one for that. I just think it's a case a referee's not being good enough, and I also think nowadays there's a, a there's no enough leadership, and in, in terms of what they should be refereeing with standards about the refereeing. I spoke a couple of weeks ago about the brutality of Scottish football and what gets allowed in Scottish football. Um, there doesn't seem to be a, a uniform standard with referees. Some let things go, some don't. Some book you, some don't. Some will red card you for next to nothing, some won't. There doesn't seem to be a uniformity. But it's a hard thing to apply, right? Don't get me wrong, but doing in England, I think you've got a rough idea. If you see a tackle, whether it's a yellow card or not, yeah well and it's applied
0: but then you do and have that's... a far more professional setup you've got professional revs yeah. who train together and who you know are brought together weekly for meetings things are discussed and it's not just a case of standards are laid down at the start of the season and then never spoken about again you know the, the as football evolves through the season, then referees are spoken, told to watch for certain things or uh, that there's been a spate of this or that. And, and you see that as well. We we have none of this. We just have the guys. They turn up, they referee a game, they get their £1,000. They then either, unless they've made a cataclysmic fuck-up, just roll along costing teams points. Uh, and if it's really, really egregious, they might have to then... Go and do a lower league game one week It's, it's a it's a pathetic system it's, 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 yeah. It can't go on It's dismal
1: Yeah No no, I agree with you And referees I've got sympathy for referees They're, they're a precious commodity right They've not been described like that In, in something before But if, you, if you've not got a referee You've not got a game And I don't think we've got many Good referees in this country at all I don't think they get helped by the authorities but at the same time, is it a problem with playing a referee in a Rangers game where there's a wee bit more scrutiny, there's a wee bit more uh, pressure upon him? Can they not handle it? Uh, I, I just don't know why this season we get decisions. I mean, even at Hearts, that uh, handball, I know he's going to be right on. He's going to be spot on if he's going to give that guy a red card, the, the goalkeeper a red card for handling outside the box. But between him and his linesman, They didn't see it. I was at the other end of Worryfield.
0: And I think it plays into the, you're right where they go, we're we're not 100% sure we can't send them off. I think that Rangers fans would be right in feeling you don't apply that same standard to us, you know, uh, with with decisions where a lot of the time you will just go with it uh, or you'll guess a decision. So straight away uh, there you see a difference in the way that teams are being refereed.
1: Well in the, in the Jack Red card versus command is a perfect example. How many times have you ever seen a player get a y- yellow carded, they turn to get back upgraded. onto the game and then the fourth official intervenes and say, oh, no, hold on a minute.
0: Yeah, I think he should be sent off. Yeah. No, I've never seen that. Unbelievable. I, I I thought at first he must have said something, you know, because I went, Oh, the ref's just giving him a straight red. So Aye. but he'd already booked. I'd never seen it. I didn't know it was possible, to be honest. Uh it was it was truly baffling. And Jack has got a right now to be thinking, you know, what is going on here? Um again, I do I do still stand by after the game we said he has to use his head, and he does, right? People are going to try and wind him up now, that's clear He's got to just walk away And his teammates need to help him If you see someone going up to go and pull him away and just say You know what we talked about, don't do this It's just going to cause you problems, going to cause but us problems But, but it, I can understand his frustration
1: The other side of it, David, is he's playing games, you see things going on And I'm not just talking about that, that individual game All season we've seen things happen That if you're a player You'd be saying, what the hell's going on here? Just off the top of my head, I can remember up at Ross County, the boy Davis nearly killing Kenny Miller with a forearm smash. Mm. You see things like that going on and you are going to get defensive of your teammates and of yourself and and, and start telling the referee what to do. So when Kurt Broadford's standing on his toes trying to be a fly man, I can see why Ryan Jack reacted because I probably would if I
0: was on the part. Yeah, yeah. I it's, easy
1: totally to say, it. it's easy to say he shouldn't do it and he has to learn but he's 25 he
0: should be learning that. Yeah, that's that's also a point point. Um, and he's he's just been brought into the Scotland squad uh, interestingly for a friendly Pitaudry so that that could be interesting to he in the field I will get a warm welcome there um, but congratulations to Ryan Jack for that obviously it's a, a, an award for because he has he's, he's been in good form this season with the exception of these incidents which have, have been really unfortunate and have created a storm about him that he didn't deserve. To the match on Saturday, we play Partick Thistle, third time this season, after a, a two-each draw in the league, followed up by a 3-1 extra time win, so I suppose um, Partick could, could could argue that they've had two 90-minute draws against Rangers this season, so it's not going to be easy, Um, it's not going to be a walkover. Uh, we welcome back Bruno Alves, whose suspension was one league game and then one in next season's League Cup, so so he is available for selection again, and the aforementioned Ryan Jack. I suppose the question is, after what, by common consent, was was certainly our best forty-five minutes of the season um, last last week. I don't I don't think anyone could could really argue, with the exception of the Dunfermline oh. game, but against a top team uh, or a top-level team, our best performance. Is the temptation to just go? I mean, I I thought Danny Wilson was was terrific, and that's you know speaking yeah. from someone who's not a huge who's not a huge fan. Uh, and Jason Holt was my man of the match, so yeah. those would possibly be the two guys who you would be looking at as maybe dropping out. Do you go with the form team, or do you say these are these are the first team guys? that I'm putting them in. Uh, I think you've got
1: to keep. More or less the same team. I think Alves will come back and I think you'll see young McCrory uh, on the bench. And I don't, I don't, I've been on record saying I don't I think that's a bad thing. I think bringing players in, getting a good back experience, getting them a good back confidence, and then just taking it for a wee while, I think that does more good than just playing on week in, week out. Um, Danny Walsh and Jason Holt, you say, the two of them are fantastic last week. Holt in particular at the game, uh, it, it, it was the thing. It was just outrageously good. Right? It was just winning second balls, he was right on top of them, he was fantastic, and Danny Wilson and Jason Holt are two players that a few, at the start of the season, what is their role they're going to play, I'd be saying, look, they're decent squad players, but if we're relying on them, well then we won't have, with no move forward any. Yep. But Holt, Holt, absolutely, is proving me wrong, because he's coming in, and he's not just doing a job, he's actually lifting the team Better than they were Without
0: him in it mm. If that makes sense and Last week he, Last week he married Energy to authority As you say He, he yes. wasn't You know Contesting for saying balls He was winning them And he was driving his yep. own And he was uh, Commanding the midfield And uh, yeah yep. I just think If he's in that vein of form It's very difficult To leave him out
1: oh, You can't You can't I, I mean holy we sell I've always felt And this is just a personal thing i always felt He was just that Wee bit too Small um, And physically uh, no no, big, no dominant enough as a midfielder A very good Gordon to, to Strachan to very, yeah.
0: very good Gordon Strachan
1: <laughs> But uh, he's, he's, he's really, really Pushing himself here um, So I think he'll play the same team bar uh, McCrory for Alves perhaps uh, there, there seemed to be a bit of pragmatism To multi selection In the first 11 and the bench last week I think they took Penny out the firing line um, he brought um, obviously I brought Muller back in, who again is another one that proves me completely wrong because I I didn't think he, he he would have had that impact. He was he was absolutely superb on Saturday in every aspect of his game, winning the ball, mentally, talking to the team, he was passing for part of the first ten minutes. Uh, so I think he's got to go with the same team. Partick, I heard, I've got serious injury problems, which is great, and uh, I think due to have a good performance at home and I would like to see an early goal because I think if we get an early goal then as is a way of things at Ibrox we'll, we'll hopefully just crack on for that um, and take the conference to last Saturday into this week as well.
0: We... I think you're right and I agree with you I think this is a really good opportunity that there seems to be a calmness about the place it hasn't been for a few weeks uh, understandably Mm -hmm. and we're coming off the back of a very good result with players like you know we mentioned Wilson, Holt, Miller Windas who you would think would be hopefully have a bit more confidence about them but we have 5 points out of 15 at home this season and that is brutally unacceptable now yes Hibs cost us some and Kilmarnock causing refereeing decisions but we're Rangers, we don't do stories and hard luck stories, we do results and we've got 5 points out of 15 it's shambolic, it can't go on and it's a testament incidentally and I will credit the the team for this, our away form is fantastic otherwise we would really be in bother but we have to start turning our home stadium into a place where teams are fearing to come and and they're not at the moment and how could they be you know as I say five points out of 15 it's just not good enough so I I think Saturday is is a really really big game for us because of that on top of the fact that we're Rangers and every game's a big game but I I think we need a result and we're still in the place where results trump performances we will be for a while um, but if we could go out and play with the level of command that we showed last week, you know, with a, with, a, with that sort of level of, as I say, that calm authority of we are the better team and we are going to dominate you up front. We're going to dominate you yeah. in the field, and our strikers are going to push your defenders constantly. And if we can bring yeah. that mentality to the team, and again, pace, play with pace, move the ball quickly, get and win the second ball, harass them, don't let them have easy possession, don't panic if things aren't working, shoot from this, you know, just just try things, but keep it keep it going and try and boil it up to a you know where it's it, it hits a high tempo it hits high temperature and it hits a high tempo that I think is essential if we come out and we spend you know the first 20 minutes where we're kind of you know giving the ball to the full back who gives it to Bruno who launches it long yeah. and you know th- that lets Partick bed in and that Yep. Will will not serve as well. I think. I think we've got to go for the jugular right from the start and really just try and smother them early and let them know. Look, you're in a game here. We're this is our patch and we're gonna we're gonna show you that. Yeah, yeah. No, you're
1: absolutely right. Uh, and uh, if we win in, if we, if we can be partick Saturday, you then get Hamilton on the 18th uh, and hey presto, you might have your three games in a row mm-hmm. as soon as Bedro goes right. So you've spoke through the season about building a platform to build upon and uh, there you go you've, you've had a fantastic win at Hearts usually a hard place to go um, we could win you would think we would win on Saturday and then you would think we would win a versus Hampton regardless of the manager situation mm-hmm. uh, and then you've done Dundee away before you're into a double header for Aberdeen which I don't think it's too, too uh, melodramatic to say we could define a season for us no, the two games yeah totally um, even in November, December But nah, you're, you're right the, the performances at home Have been tepid And we've had wee, wee sparks I mean, I thought the first half it Versus Hubs was, was pretty good But it was it was curtailed because of the red card So we've no had luck In some games But over a piece, you've got to say the, the home form's been very, very
0: poor indeed It's been unacceptable And you're right Because again, in terms of a platform You've got a good away win you have a chance to win three games in a row. And if you win these next two matches, you've more than doubled the points from your home tally that you already had. So there's nothing but positives here if we apply ourselves correctly and get the results that we should. And I have to say, come prediction time, here we are. I think we will, and I think we'll win 2-0 on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably, but I think it could be three or
1: four. Um I just think uh, the tails have if the tails are the up after that one last week yes. the tails will never be up no. the tails have been docked yes. so um, <laughs> we, we need to go in with a bit of confidence with players that are feeling confident I don't know if Dorns is back I forgot all about him but I don't know if Dorns is still I don't believe
0: injured. he is I don't believe he is no
1: no um, but uh, yeah I think, I think Miller made a big difference and he had a point to prove he's now got a point to prove to make sure he can do it we can week recruit because he's, he's. To be honest,
0: that's the first we've had of him this season. Yeah, it. No, it really has. And a, a, another game like that will, will, you know, as I say, silence a lot of the the kind of complaints about, it. and that's how you win fans over. You know, but I hate the the term fans are fickle. We're well, not fickle. We remember it, but what we are is pragmatic. And to win yeah. on the day, we will put up with stuff. Doesn't change your opinion long term. How you feel about Kenny Miller won't change because he scored a couple of goals. But you will, you know. Get along with him, if you like, because mm-hmm. he's because he's in the team and he's doing well. So, so no, I think we're going to do that. So, well, we'll be—I'll be back after the match on Saturday with uh, with a, the video blog to to let like, you know my immediate thoughts on that. And then there'll be, of course, a flagship podcast that the start next week. Just to say, to people, just to remind people that there'll be some live dates being announced soon. But if you are really desperate to see me, remember that uh, I will be part of NASA 2018. Next year in Calgary. So if you fancy a trip to beautiful Calgary, Alberta, Canada, in uh, in late May next year, uh, go to the NASA website and you'll get full details and you'll get details of the packages to stay there and whatnot. And apart from a live heart and hand experience, uh, I'll be you know talking, interviewing players, punters, everybody. So you'll see a lot of me if that's your thing. And if not, you can avoid me totally and see uh, ex-jail stars and uh, heroes. There's no other word for it. From, from our past and meet loads of great bears who basically spend their you know, keep the, the ranger's flag flying spend their lives keeping the ranger's name up uh, abroad so it's a fantastic opportunity just go to the NASA website put that in your google machine and uh, up it will pop but we will be announcing domestic live dates soon so that's something to get in your calendar and uh, we'll get the tickets out before Christmas so you can buy them for a loved one and they're nice and cheap they won't cost you very much. Uh, just a wee uh, aside as well please check out the YouTube channel give us a, a subscribe That that's excellent you find content that is exclusive it doesn't appear on the podcast and uh, we will be ramping that up over the next few weeks so all that means for me to do is to thank our executive producers in london mr mike and paul miles to thank the splendid andy McGowan. thanks for that andy my pleasure david and to thank all of you for listening and uh, my name's david edgar i will talk to you again on monday cheers bye